0: August 3rd, 2023, we're in Maseche Petza and Countdown on the wide lines, it's nine lines down, the third word on the line, Umechasin. If you recall the Mishnah, which we uh, have been learning and dealing with, uh, talked about situations where a person has fruits or vegetables or some produce on their roof, and they fear the, the produce getting ruined. That was the first case, and we talked in turn about how to lower it, uh, in what circumstances permitted, how it would be uh, restricted uh, from the roof. But continued the Mishnah, and said, If you recall, So those were the next words. It says that if you have produce which is somewhere strewn or left out what you're allowed to do is to take utensils and cover them with it mipinehaif uh, means because of the rainwater which might be coming down take utensils, Tarp is just as good. It says bikelim. It means any utensil, not per se a halachic utensil. Yes, a tarp by extension, or anything. In other words, the idea being that you're allowed to cover them. We're going to talk in the Gemara in a few lines about a mat of some sort. I guess we translate it as a tarp. Uh, but that was the halacha that this as well is permitted. Why would you have maybe thought it's uh, restricted? Rashi told us in the Mishnah velo amrinan torach yom tobu. Right? Rashi told us you would have perhaps believed that this is again and. Uh, extra activity it's stressful which would uh, forbid it the mishnah continued if you recall again it said it said and furthermore and uh, likewise kadeh is uh, jugs of some sort, of yayin or shemen, of wine or of oil, you're allowed to cover those as well. What's the heidush in that latter case, in those latter cases? Once you told me you're allowed to cover the fruits and vegetables with a tarp, with a utensil, why would you have thought that the uh, jugs of wine or oil are prohibited or any way different? We'll deal with that as we get to it in the Gemara, but it's important to note already the double uh, statement here in the Mishnah. The Mishnah doesn't just mention that you're allowed to cover the fruits and vegetables, the produce. It furthermore says the uh, utensils which have in them oil and wine as well. So it says the khasinat amar avira delivne. statement is when we refer to in our Mishnah the covering, it need not be narrowly translated as specifically fruits, vegetables, produce. It's even avirat de livene. Livne, levenim are bricks. Avira literally means air, but in this context when the Gemara uses these words, we even saw this earlier in the Masechet, it's a reference to bricks which are set up but they're not yet cemented in. So why would you be covering them? Well, it means that I have them set up and lined up I plan on using them to build at some point. Maybe they're already built, but they're not permanently fixed. And in this circumstance, since I fear that the bricks will be ruined, I'm allowed to put something over them. Uh, why would you distinguish between this case and the case in the Mishnah? Well, quite simple. The case in our Mishnah is fruits, vegetables. I can be eating that. That's permitted to consume on Shabbat, on Yom Tov. Uh, this case, where I'm dealing with the bricks, not permitted per se. I'm really just protecting Something which is prohibited for me to use on Yom Tov on Shabbat, that's the Hidush over here of Ula. Right? You, can't move the you wouldn't be able to move those bricks very clearly. Those bricks would constitute Mukzeh. We're not place, dealing with what's that? It's placed, you can't move it. But you can't move it. I you can't mean, move it you can't move it. Uh, we for could fact, debate specifically, but it's not usable. It's I mean, Mukzeh. I wanted to use the space under the not. Bricks, it, right. it, it won't make a difference for us. So ultimately speaking, it's not nital. It's That in and of itself uh, should be significant. It's going back in the barrel, it, and that kind of stuff. the total. In which circumstance? These these bricks, right? Important question because we'll address that later in the Gemara. We even talked about this earlier. If these are bricks which were left over from a building, so then the assumption is that you would be sitting on it, it's not mukse Over here, since it's avira de Livne. it's set up to be built, the assumption coming in, unless you designate it otherwise, is you're not even allowed to sit on it. You're not using it. You're not using it. It's a mukse situation. Okay, but that being the case, that's the significant point. It means I'm dealing with... For the Gemara, an objectively mukse, a sur betiltul situation, and the statement in turn of Ula is, you're even in that situation allowed to cover it. Now you might recall, it's okay if you don't, we encountered the opinion we're about to see, he came up very briefly in the Gemara earlier, it goes like this, Rabbi Yitzhak Amar pero tare'uyin. Rabbi Yitzhak disagrees with Ula, and his statement is, only for fruits, vegetables, which are re'uyin, which are appropriate to be consumed and used on Yom Tov. Otherwise, again, if I was able to sit on it, it would be by extension. It's not per se that I'm eating it. It's that I'm using it, then and only then am I able to cover it how so? Why is Rabbi Itzhak so stringent? Rabbi Itzhak goes in accordance with his general opinion, his, uh, his his position on these matters. After all, Rabbi Itzhak's clear opinion is. Keli nital Nital Rabbi It's who adopts and expands or, inter- or interprets the opinion of Rabbi Huda. He he accepts this opinion that Yesh Mukseh, but he goes further, he says, mukse is so strong to the extent that I can only carry something if it's being used by something else that's usable. In other words, in our circumstance, the easiest situation, I'm taking this cup, which is usable, but I'm placing it on top of the bricks, that, those bricks are not usable. By extension, this, the rabbis so stated, this cup is prohibited as well. That's the opinion of Yitzhak. What's the logic? It's just a further restriction. It's a general understanding of how Muxer works. The rabbis understood if there's something that's not usable, it's not only per se the something that is prohibited, that is restricted. It's anything that's, Utilized with the express, expressed purpose of that, and therefore I can't carry these cups. That's its Itzhak's general opinion. So we're not too surprised right. by him over here. The, the, the item itself, you're not touching, moving, or lifting. True. You're just the restriction of, of mukseh, lefir, be Itzhak, is such that it's broader than just the item itself. It's anything that's being utilized for the item. Meaning you can't even, you can't. Oh, near the the like sense, sense. So so you, you can go I, there see, kiss you kiss can't serve. That's right. right? The Hachamim's restriction of Mukseh is broader than we imagined it until now. That's Rabbi Yitzhak's opinion. And what the Gemara now gets into is can we prove from our Mishnah, from several beraitot, in the context of our Mishnah against Rabbi Yitzhak? Again, Rabbi Yitzhak is quite stringent on this matter. We're understanding, as Jesse said, he's restricting it, they don't want you coming close to it. Can we prove against his opinion so the Gemara will now uh, take that up? Again, Ula's opinion is uh, traditionally uh, the easier understanding. Mukse means don't move that object. Can't move something for that object. Don't go so far. The Beats Haku restricts even moving something for the restricted item. Uh, that was where we're going to take up could issue. I, I go I ahead. Of course. So, be clear. so if the bricks are left over, there's no issue. If the bricks were left over from a building, we've addressed this once earlier in the masjid, it's gonna come up on our page again, and it goes like this, if it's left over from a building, the assumption, and we discussed even at the time, because the later authorities discussed, is that even the reality today, when you have leftover bricks, that they're used for sitting. But in the time of the Gemara, the assumption was, if it's left over from a building, that now you use it for sitting. Do we really do that today? I don't know, but the point is, we're talking about something, speak a little abstractly, which clearly has Not a usage. So leftover bricks, not mukse. Good. Bricks I plan to use in the future, mukse. Right, because I'm not going to sit on them. I'm only going to use them as part of my wall, mukse. So I have bricks on the side of my property that are leftover bricks. But I said to myself the other day, maybe I'll extend where my dining table is and make a little bit bigger area so that I don't have the grass getting mukse. Right, but I'm going to go a step further. Yes, the answer is yes, because it's all based on your mindset, 100%. I'm going to go a step further, I'm just, and I hope we don't need tishubah for this. There's potential that even when they were left over in today's day and age, you're not really using them to sit on. You're going to you have some plan with them. You're going to sell them. You're, gonna, you're not actually going to sit on them. That's the debate in the post-game. So maybe there's room for leniency over there, but ultimately speaking, yes. If you repurpose them already in your mind, mukseh. Says the Gemara Tenan, let's go back to our Mishnah and challenge the bekelim." Excuse me, we're not yet going to challenge, we're going to support his opinion. The initial suggestion of the Gemara is to support the Haq. Look back at our Mishnah. Our Mishnah is giving an example of where you could throw the tarp, where you could put an object on top of something else. Now you have an opportunity to talk about whatever you want in the Mishnah. Your objective is to talk about how it's not strenuous, how it's not Torah shelo lesore, how it's not tirhayetera, whatever words we want to use over here. It's not overactive. So you say, you can throw a tarp over, you can put a utensil on. What's your next word? You want to be expansive in that next word. If everything's permitted, why do you only talk about fruits? Clearly suggests the Gimara against Ula. It's because only fruits would be permitted because of this side issue. Listen, when it comes to extraneous activity, uh, for that, it would be permitted. For what you're placing it upon, oh we have a proof from our Mishnah, like Rabbi It's why did the Mishnah mention only fruits? Why didn't it mention even a pile of bricks? Read it again with me in the Gemara, Tenan, we have in our Mishnah, quote, mechasineta Perot Bekelim. That's unquote. Dash Perot In. Our Mishnah is telling us in in Aramaic means yes. Fruits could be covered. Avirad elivne, that pile, that stack of bricks. Look, period. Suggests the Gemara in defense of Ula, who hadin. No, no, diuk in our mishnah. You can't read our that carefully because our means even the pile of bricks. Even the pile of bricks. You gave the class to me, Rabbi, on Shabbat, and you told me you could cover, and you told me you could cover, but you only mentioned fruits. If you meant even bricks, that's the bigger haidush. Why didn't you say bricks? Clearly, when the Rabbi said that, he meant only fruits. It's a proof again. Of- How could you make that argument? The ayedeh de Tanaresha ayedeh means by way of or since. Detana, that we taught resha, the first part of our mishnah, mashilin perot, Tana nameh, mechasin So in other words, it's a, I like it, I like that word. I was going to use the word syntax. You want style, context, all the fancy words. In other words, the mishnah over here is for a symmetry, uh, teaching it like this. What were the, there guy? even nicer. The mishnah began with mashilin perot, derech You're allowed to lower down. Fruits. I mean, what's on your roof? You're not leaving bricks on your roof. You have fruits on your roof. And as a result, the halachaya. And furthermore, you're moving them. So you can't be moving the bricks. That would be mukzeh. So at the beginning of the Mishnah, appropriately, nobody questioned that I was talking about fruits. Now that we mentioned fruits, lowering them, we said, oh, and by the way, with regards to fruits, if you want to cover them, you could cover them as well. That's not because it's only a halakha by fruits. It's once I was talking about how to handle your fruits when rain is coming down, I mentioned fruits as well. So in other words, no diukim, no reading carefully in our Mishnah to say, oh, why did it mention fruits in this case? The answer is ayedeh, since by means of, or by way of, detanah resha, that the first part of our Mishnah said, mashilin perot, you can lower the fruit we taught as well in the second part, the latter part of the Mishnah, says the Gemara, nice, re- nice resolution, but I have a problem. What about the final words in the Mishnah? We read these just a few moments ago. Tenan. Keep reading in the Mishnah. One second. The next words in the Mishnah, you told me, okay, I understand. I'm trying to figure out, could I cover even the bricks? You told me, don't read too carefully. The reason I mentioned fruits is because the initial statement said fruits. Got it but then the next words it says and also jugs of uh, oil and also jugs of wine one second didn't say that in the beginning of the Mishnah it didn't say you could lower down jugs of oil and wine why does it mention that over here clearly it's telling me it's a halakha by edible usable items Things that are not mukseh, said more broadly, as opposed to a pile of bricks. That's the Gemara's uh, suggestion. So the Gemara, again, I said it wrong initially, is challenging Ola, We're initially bringing proof for Rabbi Hak. Who's Rabbi Hanital. You can only carry an item on Shabbat, on Yom Tob, if it's for something which is usable. If it's utilized for something that's not usable, something that's mukse, says it would be it's haq Diuk from my Mishnah. Read the Mishnah carefully. Says the Gemara, no, not a good answer. Chab askinan bit Maybe the case in our Mishnah is that even those jugs of wine and of oil, there's a chidush over there. I mean, what's the chidush? You told me. I'll tell you what the chidush is: that you can only cover usable items. No, no, no. Quite the opposite. It's to tell you that even not usable items, like what, oil and, and, and wine, when are those not usable? Betivla. We've used this word several times in the past several weeks. Tevil. Tevil, if you recall, is something that you haven't taken to Ruman and from yet. It's not usable. It's not, or it is, Mukseh. As a result, if the Mishnah tells me, you can cover the fruit, i got to check, but you can even cover, and that's why it goes on to say, Kadeshim and all, and oh, what's and what's the novelty over there? It must be telling me only if it's usable. Quite the opposite suggests the Gemara. For Ula, It's to tell you that, even a pile of bricks, what do you mean? Oil, wine, that's not a pile of bricks. Identical for halachic reasons. Why is it identical? Because we're talking even when it's tevil and not usable. Why can't we Correct we learn learned from Tebel, because Tebel has an issue of mitaken, which the issue of mitaken is going to be mideoreita, and the movable bricks are no, no. I I, I I thought you were going in one. I thought you were going in Tosafot's direction, but I'm not sure where you're going. The tikkun of tevil, first of all, is only Midrabanan. It's a mishnah. It's m'hseki mitaken. It's actually a tikkun. Number one. Number two. Let's say it was a deoraita. So kol shekin, if you can cover the tevil, you certainly can cover uh, something. The issue in the tevil is it's mukse. The action to it is also only assumed so midrabbanan. Be and it doesn't matter that the bricks um, are. Uh, well, what's the difference. Ultimately speaking, it's. And you're only allowed to be no tail according to the Bitzhak. Now, Tosafot as the opposite way, which is I thought we were going. Just two and a half ago, we learned something in the Gemara. It was in a difficult Sugya, so we may have forgotten it. The Gemara over there on Lamedale D'amud had a statement that. tevil. Is Mukhan Tosafot, top left hand quarter quotes it, Shim Avar Vitikeno Metukan. You might recall those words. Tosafot quotes from the Gemaran Daf Without getting into the details, the Gemara was deducing from the Mishnah that if a person went ahead on Shabbat or Yom Tov and took the Ma'aseh, weren't supposed to do that, after the fact, it's now usable. And you remember, yeah, and we distinguished, we said, whereas on Shabbat, if you did a full-fledged cooking, you can't use it. This one, which is only prohibited in Midrach Banan, you could use it. it says, Tosafot, then it's not mukseh you can't bring a proof from Tevels as the Gemara. Tables are not mukse. Bricks suggests, will always be mukse. Bricks are always mukse. Suggest, so toss forth, it's true. After the fact of taking the tevil, the item is now edible, it's now usable, but until the taking teruma and Maaseh from it, it's in a state of Mukseh. That's the suggestion, top left-hand corner of Tosafot. If you look at the fourth line from the top, V'yesh Lomar, De'ula Yomar Lecha, Ula will tell you, with regards to his answer in the Gemara, Demikol Makom Hashiv Lekedavar She'Eno Nitao. The uh, the, uh, the wine, the oil, is still considered not movable. It's still considered mukse. Kevan de be Shabbat miha Haze, It's not appropriately movable, usable on Shabbat. Kol kama de lo Until you actually fixed it. Okay, that's what we're standing at then in the Gemara at this juncture. So the Gemara then has for Ula. He resolved it. We had two opinions. Are you allowed to move something for a non-movable mukzeh item or not? Rabbi Hak, absolutely not. Ulah, why not? Diuk from the Mishnah, knock down. Another attempt, Diuk from the Mishnah, from Kadeya and Kadeh, Kadeh Shemen, knock down. The Gemara goes so far as to flip it on Ula, on Rabbi Hak. now. It says, I'll tell you something. Why do you think the Mishnah needed to even mention jugs of oil and wine? It's got to be, for my point, says Ula. It must be that the only reason the Mishnah mentioned them, even though it already mentioned fruits, is to tell you that even if it's not edible, even if it's tevil, otherwise why are you mentioning in the Mishnah? This comes back to, again, what I told you at the beginning of the class. We're going to have to question why do you have that mentioned in the Mishnah? So the suggestion at this point in the Gemara is to teach you against the beads. Indeed, indeed. It's logical that I'm right, says the Gemara for Ullah, and askinan. Because if you were to Salkad da atach, salik means to go up, the means in your mind, so it means rise to your mind. In other words, if you were to think. Um, that we're dealing with if you were to think that we're dealing with uh, a circumstance of hetera uh, of kadeya and kadeshem de permitted meaning it's not tevil hatana resha didn't you already teach me that in the initial words perot you told me that you're allowed to cover the fruit you didn't need to then redundantly and unnecessarily repeat kadeya and kadeshem and it's tarichale did you really need to mention kadeya and kadeshem and the jugs of the oil in the wine, it must be the only reason you're telling me is that even when they're prohibited, you're still allowed to cover them. That's the claim of the Gemara for Ullah. So, again, what was initially brought as a proof against Ullah from the Perot in the Mishnah was now spun in his direction from the Kadeya'in as a proof for him, says the Gemara. So does that mean you could cover the bricks also? By extension, you could cover could the, the bricks. Thing? That's 100%. That's Ullah's position. That's Ullah's position. So, be it's Haku's disagreeing, and in turn, he's proving from our Mishnah like him. Now the only way you can deflect him is by saying, "Oh, there's another reason that you would have believed that by the jugs of wine and of oil it would have been prohibited." Why should it be any different than the fruits? So As the Gemara. And if you recall, mistakenly, when we learned the Mishnah, I already t- it taught it this way. Uh, the Gemara's conclusion here for the Beitz is that you maybe would have believed the following. When you read the Mishnah, the Mishnah, if it just mentioned fruits are allowed to be covered, you would say, I'll tell you why. The water falls on the fruits. You know what happens? Contrary to what I think you were saying, Alan, it'll really get ruined. Have said, middle bit. that's why you're allowed to cover it. The rabbis say, even though it's a little extreme, go for it. It's going to get ruined. You're talking about jugs of oil and wine. I mean, what's the worst that's going to happen? A few droplets in the the the, um, the clay is going to get a little with, withered, a little weathered. That's not a have said. Middle bit. Maybe it wouldn't be permitted once it's already in the receptacle to cover it. That's the Hidush of the Mishnah. So, in other words, the Mishnah doesn't uh, redundantly, without necessity, mention the jugs of oil and of wine can be covered as well, in order to teach me even when they're prohibited. No, no, no. It's to oh, teach me even when it's a small financial loss, in other words, not only a large one with regards to fruit, the rabbi permitted there as well. So this, is to Ula. this is a deflection for Rabbi haq. Again, Ulah wanted to prove Ullah is the rabbi who maintains that even for Mukzeh you can cover. So he tried to prove it from Kadeya and Kadeshim and that they're talking about Tevil. This is why the Mishnah mentioned it. says I'll tell you why the Mishnah mentioned it. Not to tell me even when they're tevil, rather to tell me even though it's a small financial loss, it's still permitted, but not that it was tevil. So you should be allowed to cover your bricks, because maybe the rainwater will ruin the bricks. Bricks are different than oil, and... and, and uh, t- financial bricks financial are, financial are not money. usable. There's financial loss, but it's not usable. You have a separate issue, right? In other words, our Mishnah was only talking about tirchah, but so it threw in. It. it's usable, wine usable, oil. Correct, whereas according to... Correct, exactly. Mm. So if, in theory, this fruit was not edible while it was drying up there, well, it may not be... Able to, may, may be a you. The fruit that you have up there so the is in a state of being where it's, it's... not a brick, though. It's still not a state it's of... It's not a brick. brick and it'll eventually be usable. But no, because, because it's, going to be, it's going to be usable. It's just time needs to pass that it's going to be usable. A brick will never be habit, edible. Not edible. Yeah, right. But it, it, it just needs time to pass in that circumstance, we have the fruits which are not yet fully dried. What's our status going to be with regards to their halachic status, with regards to mukzeh? That's what uh, Jeffrey's asking. Now I didn't stipulate beforehand that I'm interested in eating from them and they're inedible. Um, I'm not 100% sure that you're right, Jared. I think in such a circumstance, I think if they're not yet edible and a person would not be using them, what are you using them for? What's Because you have a down-the-line uh, usage for them? I'm right now, them. Are, are they edible for your animal? If they're edible for your animal, so we have the sure Gemara and oh, okay. Okay. okay, so then they're okay. If they're not edible well, they're for anything, then they're going to be considered Muxer. Then they're going to be considered Yeah. And it would be like bricks. So then, we're going to be posik that you can, but according to right. right. the Haki, at yes. this point, not. Correct, correct. So it's the Gemara Tenan. Let's go back to our Mishnah and read the final words in the Mishnah. And let's see what we can make out from these final words. This time, a proof against Reb Hak. Again, a proof that even when it's something which is not usable, it's still permitted to cover it, to bring something for it. Tenan, our Mishnah taught, no tenin keli tahat hadelef You're allowed to, if there's water leaking into your home, put a receptacle, an item underneath it. Pause for a second. Is that water... By the way, Jared, that water could be later. You could uh, filter it. You could make it usable. No. The water right now, our assumption is it's not usable, just like the fruits, which were inedible in Jeffrey's example. It's mukseh. The assumption is, in turn, this water which is falling down is not usable, and the Mishnah nonetheless says, you can move the cup, you can move the bowl, you can move the receptacle in order to receive it. You see? We're saying that even though it's enonital, even though that water is mukseh, nonetheless, you're allowed to be no tail for it. What is different than fruit in the room? Okay, okay, point taken. Says the, gemara, says the Gemara, it's not a proof against it, it's haq, because I can argue this is which means to say the water dropping in is usable water. I don't know if you're drinking it, but maybe someone's drinking it. Maybe you're using water, it water, for something. water plants. I gotcha. You can't I mean, water you plants on Shabbat Yom Tov, you so yeah. it's for your animal or something along those you lines. Uh, or you can clean yourself. I mean, if you're not drinking it, you're cleaning yourself? Yeah, I guess yeah. we would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The point is, it is Ra'u'i for something, one of the several suggestions that we made. It says the Gemara onward, Tashem, or maybe you're drinking it even. Tashemah. Okay, so we're, we're past those. We're going to bring another proof against Rabbi Yitzhak. Again, Rabbi Yitzhak's opinion is, in kelinital, You cannot carry something with, with regards to? Read what? Okay, important conversation. We had it on Daf Bet. I don't want to go back to it right now. It's Gemara Masechet Eruvin. It's far from simple with regards to the ramifications, but uh, the assumption is it's not um, in this circumstance uh, with regards to that. But important question. It says the Gemara uh, Tashema. We have a proof from a Beraita. Porsin machaselet al-gabeh uh, levenim b'shabbat. You hear the halakha? You're allowed to be pores. L'ifros, sukach right? It means to spread out. it means a mat. Let's translate it as a tarp. Over levinim, over bricks, bishop. That's exactly what we're talking about. You're allowed to cover bricks. You see, the b'yitzchak, the beraitah is explicitly against you. Knockout proof. The b'yitzchak should be discredited from this beraita. Answers the Gemara. We've been talking about this the whole class. What type of bricks are you talking about? The mi binyana. It must be leftover nice cinder bl- bri- bricks. Sitting nice like, oh, Okay, whatever. Cinder I, blocks, but cinder but blocks. I imagine it is cinder yeah. blocks though, so, because it's got to be big enough that you're sitting on. Oh, okay. But sitting indeed. Sitting blocks. The Mutar or motar means left over. Mibinyana means a building. Dehaze, it's raui it's appropriate. Limizga means to sit. Alayu means on them, which means to say that these bricks are not mukse. Tashema, we have yet another proof against Rabbi, it's haqsa. So each one of these are being knocked down in one way or another. Porcin mahaselet al avanim b'sabbat. You no longer talk about bricks, we could, which we could maybe make the claim are the cinder blocks, are the big ones. You're talking about stones, rocks. Rocks you're not sitting on. You might put rocks into your wall. You might use rocks as part of your building, but you're not sitting on them. You can't make that claim over here. And you see, nonetheless, it's explicit in the baraytah. You're allowed to cover them. How would you defend that? Answers The answers the gemara, b'avanim. Mekurzalot de hazyan lebetakise. It's talking specifically about stones, rocks. Mekurzalot. Mekurzalot is a reference to their sharpness. They're sharp to the extent that they can be used lebetakise to uh, to clean yourself after relieving yourself. Once upon a time, we know this from the Gemara elsewhere, they didn't have per se toilet paper, they didn't have wipes. They would sometimes, in order to cleanse, cleanse themselves, after relieving themselves, they would use rocks which had edges in some way or another. Uh, hard to imagine, hard to really wrap our head around, but that's the reality. And in turn, it's not mukseh, it's usable, and it's to a certain extent set for that. Tashima, porcin mahaselet al gabe, kaveret devorim bishabbat. It's permitted, another Beraita says, to place a tarp, a, a mat, over a kaveret shel devorim, over a beehive. A beehive is mukzeh. If it's getting too hot outside, you can cover it in order to provide shade. And when it's raining, you can cover it in order to provide protection from the rain for your beehive. However finishes the Beraitah, you need to make certain that your intention is not to trap those bees. Pause for a second. We'll come back to the trapping later and deal with the reality on that. But at the moment, we need to pay attention. Is a beehive permitted? Is a beehive not mukse? And nonetheless, you tell me you could cover it. A proof against Rabbi, its hak Says the Gemara, Hatam named ikadevash. Uh, the case over there, hata means there, name as well, di'ika there is yesh devash, devash means um, honey in other words, yes it is, it is usable uh, you thought that a beehive is not usable, it's usable, there's honey in it, wait a second says the Gemara you might not be a bee uh, farmer but they knew a lot about bee hives that we don't know. Says the Gemara, it's one thing if it's during the summer. Apparently the production of, of uh, honey takes place during the summer. It does, I didn't do the research on this, but I'm taking the rabbi's word for this. It doesn't happen, be mota Could have fooled me, there are bees all over the place during Sukkot. I would think they're hunkering down if they're not getting, okay, regardless, says the Gemara, in America. Anyway, says the Gemara, wait a second. His response to Rav Asher, this Rav Uqva uh, Mimishan is, your claim, the su- suggestion, during the summer months that the reason the beehive is not muxe is because you can take um, honey from it. Oh, that makes sense. devash. There is yesh devash. There's honey in it. How are you going to make that claim during the winter months or during the rainy season more specifically when apparently they're not producing the honey? Says the Gemara, they might not be producing the honey but that doesn't mean there isn't honey inside of it. What do you mean? You re- if you're a, a honey a, a, a beehive a farmer, you know, to get all your honey out when the winter months come. Says so, the Gemara, not so fast, you know what you do? You leave inside of it a little bit of honey, a little bit of stuff, so that the bees can continue living in there. If, you, if you've if emptied the whole thing, apparently, they will die or they'll move away. As a result, you left in a little bit, that's why it's not Mukseh, even though it's the winter months and they're not producing the new honey, you left something that in it. They better be Mukse, those honeycombs. Hang tight. Says the Gemara, says the Gemara, the issue specifically why it's not Mukse is because of shete halot. Honeycombs is a great way. I like those words. Thank you. That's, uh, that's, that's Rabbi Ritz. Rabbi goes right, of course. As always, halot is not its not uh, halot of bread. It's honeycombs. Yeah. That's the description. Rashi even articulates it, which means that you left two honeycombs inside of it. Says the Gemara, you left two honeycombs, and that makes it not muxi. Jared's question, otan shete halot muxi. Did. What are you talking about? Those two honeycombs are purposed specifically for the bees. Pause for a second. Let's just c- catch up today very briefly and understand what we got up to over here. So the suggestion of the Gemara is to bring a proof against the beet's Haq, to say that even when the item is Mukseh, you're allowed to cover, you're allowed to carry something for it. But wait a second, the honey, uh, 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 the, the beehive is very clearly Mukseh against you, its Haq. You see, the its Haq's response or the Gemara for the beet's Haq is no, because the beehive itself is not mukse. How could it not be mukse? Uh, how could it not be mukse during the winter months or during the rainy season? The answer is because there are two honeycombs left inside, but those two honeycombs are purposed for the bees themselves. Pause for a second. We just earlier in the class mentioned that on Vav we said that if it's food for animals, well, then it's not mukse. So it's food for the animals. I don't even ask this question. The suggestion over here is Rush when a person. What's that? For, for the honeycombs are for the bees, apparently and we're considering it food. I mean, this is the way Rashash, in the back of your Gemara, asked this question. Rashash, for example, suggests that although if it was just for the animals, it would be permitted, over here, you specifically had the mindset, I'm not going to take from this. This is only for the animals. That's going to be Mukseh Says the Gemara, let's finish with this, The case must be that your mindset before Shabbat and Yom Tob was that I might even benefit from the honeycombs. And in terms even though we thought we had a proof against it, we talk from the case of the beehive the honeycombs inside of it are not muqseh but they're only edible for the bees uh, that's not a problem because I could eat from it but you didn't but you're not going to the case is specifically that you did think about it okay we'll return to this and continue tomorrow Amen